Which chamber should I join? That's our topic on this special edition of the Public Record Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. If you're a subscriber to The Public Record, our business news weekly newspaper, you know we ran a special feature on this topic a few weeks ago. What chamber should I join? A roundup of local chambers of commerce. But if you missed the article, this podcast will cover the highlights. Well, why do businesses join chambers of commerce? Primarily to make networking connections, to sell their product or service. Chambers promote economic activity and philanthropy. Serving on committees or boards helps develop leadership skills. Chambers are also a great resource to find new talent, employees, and vendors who can provide support services you may need. Now, we have some great chambers here in the Valley, so you have to do your homework to find out which one would be the best fit for your business. Notice I say one, because to get the most value out of your membership, you'll have to be deeply involved in one organization. You'll want to attend as many events as you can and get involved in at least one committee. Now, if your business is a larger concern, oh, say 25 or more employees, you may be able to manage multiple memberships if your staff will participate. So, what are your choices? Well, starting in Palm Springs and working our way down Valley, there's the Palm Springs Chamber, the Desert Business Association, which is based in Palm Springs but is a valley-wide chamber, the Rancher Mirage Chamber, the Palm Desert Chamber, and then down Valley is the Greater Coachella Valley Chamber, a regional chamber of commerce that serves Cathedral City, Coachella, Desert Hot Springs, Indio, La Quinta, Indian Wells, and unincorporated areas of Riverside County, as well as the Desert Ad Fed, which is a special association targeted primarily for people in the advertising industry and people who do marketing at large companies. Now, chamber memberships in the Valley start at around 450 a year and go up from there. Uh, Larger firms will tend to be charged more. You'll also want to budget for other expenses like expo tables, sponsorships, gift donations, giveaways, samples, and so on. Now, don't let that price scare you away. Most chambers will allow non-members to attend mixers and other events for a small upcharge. So check their event calendars and attend a few of these activities as part of your evaluation process. And if you're a student or job seeker, freelancer, or someone looking for side gigs, chamber mixers offer a low-cost way to network with the movers and shakers in your community. Now, remember how most people find jobs. Some 85% of jobs are found through networking, not through online job listings. Now, aside from attending a few mixers, I have five tips you should consider in selecting a chamber to join. Number one, take your time. This is a big investment, not only of money, but also your time. Plan on waiting at least three months before you make a decision. Number two, consider the geography of the chamber. 
Some chambers are very localized, as I mentioned, which would be a good fit for a business that has a small marketplace footprint. Other chambers cover several cities or are valley-wide. Number three, test their responsiveness. Find their online contact form, then send a message with a few questions. Now, some of these forms will ask for a lot of information. It's too early in your evaluation process to invite a sales call. Once you've narrowed your choices down to two or three finalists, then you can meet with an account executive. Now, when we did this test, one chamber responded almost immediately. Another chamber responded the next day. Another chamber a week later. And the rest never replied. So this is a good indication of the quality of leadership at the chamber. If they can't respond to inquiries for prospective members, it's a good bet they won't be very responsive once you join. Number four, make a prospect list. Now this step is quite time-consuming, so narrow your list of chamber candidates before starting this step. Go to their member directory online and see who belongs to the chamber. Your objective here is to make a list of 24 sales prospects with a goal of meeting at least two per month. Now, the caveat here is chamber membership, like service clubs and trade associations, tends to skew heavily toward salespeople. And while I say vendors can provide needed support to your business, you're probably not joining a chamber to be an advertising target, right? You want to be sure there are enough members who would be decision makers for your product or service to make your membership pay for itself. Number five, now it's time to meet with your first choice chamber and show your account executive the list of prospects you want to meet. How can the chamber help you network with your best prospects often? Can they help you get a seat at their table for the next event? Then also find out what committees the chamber has and which ones have open seats. Then compare the list of members on that committee with your target prospect list. Now, what if no committees look like a good fit? Well, consider starting your own for a special project of some kind, something you're passionate about. Maybe the chamber has been thinking about hosting a special event but hasn't gotten around to forming an event committee. Now, you could take on the role as the chairperson, and you'll probably be able to hand-pick the other members. And you know who you're going to pick to be on your committee? <laughs> the ones you want to meet, right? Let's talk about sponsorships for a moment. You're better off looking for something that you can be the sole sponsor for so that you can have the spotlight all to yourself. And what you want to stay away from is sponsoring an event even though it may be a large popular event like an awards program, if you're one of 20 sponsors for the event, your money is lost in the clutter. So look for those events that are small enough where you can be in the spotlight and get all the key premier sponsor benefits. In sum, do your homework to set yourself up for a successful partnership with the chamber you choose. Coming up in part two of today's podcast, we'll look at a checklist of things to do right after you join. But first, this message from our sponsor. Multimedia dominates business communications today. 83% of consumers prefer multimedia information over printed text. YouTube demos and product reviews, tutorials, documentaries, explainers, and new business presentations. 
TV and radio commercials, infomercials, live event announcements, kiosk and exhibit narrations, telephone voice prompts, and so much more. But don't choose just any voice to represent your brand. Ken Allen Voices offers a team of veteran male and female broadcast talent who can deliver that professional network television sound that makes your message stand out from the clutter. Ken Allen Voices can also turn your messaging ideas into a finished script, optimized for spoken performance. Ken Allen Voices' state-of-the-art recording studio can also clean up many noisy video dialogue tracks with specialized software that works like Photoshop for audio. Visit KenAllenVoices.com. Did you know human trafficking exists right here in our community? Human trafficking is the force, fear, and coercion to compel another person into sex acts or even labor trafficking against their will. Be aware of your surroundings. You may just be the lifeline to a human trafficking victim in need of help. Sunline Transit Agency has partnered with the Coachella Valley Coalition Against Human Trafficking to bring awareness to this important issue. To learn more, go to Sunline org/trafficking. Continuing with our topic of which chamber to join, our tips on finding a chamber of commerce that best fits your business and your needs. Now you've done your due diligence and you've joined a chamber. What do you do next? Well, one of your first tasks is going to be providing the information and artwork for your membership directory. Now. If your chamber displays your logo in the directory, be sure you get the correct size and resolution of your artwork. Nothing undermines your brand more than a distorted or fuzzy image of your logo in the directory listing. Your address. Now, if you're a home-based business or a business that doesn't have customers visit a particular site, I suggest you omit your address. Just put a phrase like valley-wide or even worldwide. No one is going to mail you anything. Phone number. Now, listing your phone number used to be the default, but consider carefully how your business handles phone calls and what your customers expect. Let's say you're a solo graphic designer. You may not want to list your personal cell phone where you can be called 24-7-365. So... You might consider getting a live answering service or a separate number with voice messaging, such as Google Voice or a so-called burner phone number app for your smartphone. Email. Now, a lot of businesses these days shy away from using email because of fears about viruses getting on their computer or spam. And this is a real concern, but email is the most efficient way to communicate. And you'll always have a paper trail in case any customer disputes what they said later. Now, here again, you can consider a third-party provider that has robust malware and spam filters like ProtonMail available at protonmail.com. I suggest you avoid using the usual suspects like Gmail, Yahoo, Hotmail, as you're going to struggle to find an email prefix that hasn't already been taken. Incidentally, the basic ProtonMail service is free. Website address. A website is still a must for any business. Social media and review sites are not a substitute, and you run the risk of competitors running ads next to your content that will steal away your prospects. 
Now, your website doesn't have to be costly. A single page is sufficient. Think of it as a replacement for a printed brochure. Business bio. Spend some time writing your bio. If you retain marketing counsel, like an outside ad agency or PR firm, consider assigning this project to them. Often there is a word limit here, so it pays to make every word count. So that's your profile. Let's move on to some other items you'll need to consider for your chamber membership. A professional name badge. Now you can get these most easily from Amazon. Expect to pay around $20 for a simple one with no custom logo. To get a custom silkscreen logo, the threshold is about oh, 25 badges at around $7 per badge or an investment of about $175. It's a good idea to have a spare or two of these as they're easily misplaced or lost. Alternatively, if you have some basic graphic design skills, you could design your own badge with your logo printed out in color and just use a standard plastic holder. Business cards. No doubt you already have these, but keep a stockpile in your car. Never attend a mixer without a handful of business cards. This is the cheapest form of advertising you can buy. Tablecloth. If you plan to have an expo table, you'll need a tablecloth with your logo. Your account executive at the chamber can give you their typical table sizes. Let's talk about promotional items. These are the usual giveaways you see passed out at expo tables, although you can certainly keep a few in your pocket and pass them out selectively at a mixer without buying a table. If you do get an expo table, it's best if you don't put the whole bucket of gifts out for people to just help themselves. Believe it or not, there are people who will come up to your table and scoop up $100 worth of pens or other premium items and giggle, I've got lots of grandchildren. I'm not making this up. I've seen this happen over and over again. One idea is to have a prize wheel, if you have multiple specialty items, and have them spin for a prize, and only one spin per person. That helps meter out the gifts. Another common idea is to have a fishbowl, where they have to put their business card in to get a prize. So have a sign made with the image of the item and a request for their business card, rather than putting all these items out on the table for people to grab and run. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> what about people who say they don't have a business card? You know, can I have a premium item anyway? Can I have four or five of those? What you have for those people is you have a, uh, a little card that they fill out, or it could just be a pad on a clipboard where they have to sign their name and email or some basic information. And then once they've done that, they can only have one item. Now, will people put gibberish down on the line just to get a premium because they don't want a sales call? Yes, that will happen. But the end game here is to limit how many of these items that you're giving away because they do cost money. And somebody who comes up and grabs 10 gifts is taking maybe $15, $20 worth of product. Sample items. Samples are a great idea for certain kinds of businesses. I've seen candy makers and a spice specialty retailer pass out samples of their products at mixers. I've also seen businesses pass out discount coupons, which can be printed on ordinary business card stock. You don't need an expo booth. You can just circulate at the mixer and give samples out selectively. Just be aware that if you're in a group of people and you introduce your samples, it's only good manners to offer everyone in the group the sample. 
And again, if somebody asks if they can have more than one, simply say, I'm sorry, I only brought a few for today's event. Brochures and printed materials. We talked about business cards. They're a must. But you can probably skip all the other printed materials. Studies show that most of these end up in the trash as people leave the event. Then start working on your prospect target list. You should have already worked with your account executive at the time you signed up for membership to figure out what committee you're going to join. Be sure to attend those meetings and get acquainted with your sales prospects. Also work with your account executive and other chamber ambassadors to be introduced to your prospects at mixers and be seated next to them at their tables. Avoid being too aggressive about forcing your business card on your prospect or asking them to make a sales call on your first meeting. Take your time. Get to know them better first. Now, it is true that high-pressure sales tactics will probably get you a meeting sooner and possibly a quick sale, but it will sour the relationship for future business. You should be looking for long-term customers with repeat orders over a quick one-time sale. Well, those are our tips for finding a chamber to join and how to make the most of your membership. There are other groups you might join in addition to or in place of a chamber. There are service clubs like Lions and Rotary. There are various trade groups like the Direct Marketing Association or the Public Relations Society of America. There are even special interest groups like Toastmasters and even groups that are more social than business, like a local hiking club, pickleball team, or cycling group. And it's worth mentioning, again, that if you're just a small operation, you can usually attend chamber mixers without membership, but you'll pay a small premium at each event. I say we have a few extra minutes here in our podcast, so I want to mention a few tips from a sidebar we ran with this story in the printed paper called Best Practices for Voice Messaging. Nowadays, it's rare to call a business and get a live person on the phone. This creates an undesirable barrier to sales. Now, considering the time and hard costs of new customer acquisition, we need to think about better ways to minimize the phone barriers. So the best solution is probably to subscribe to a live answering service. Now for these, expect to pay around $45 per month, which includes 25 calls plus about $1.55 for additional calls. Uh, One such business is called Reception HQ, as in headquarters, receptionhq.com. Now, as we discussed earlier, you'll want to consider carefully if you want to use your personal cell phone number for business calls. If you're a sole proprietor, random interruptions can have a costly impact on your productivity. So you might consider a burner phone app for your smartphone or a service like Google Voice. Now let's talk about the recorded message. Remember, this is the first impression of your business, so be fast, efficient, and professional. Here's a model script for a smaller business, and we'll use the company name Gary Owens Design. Hello, this is Gary Owens Design. Please leave your name, phone number, and the best time to call, and we'll get right back to you at your preferred time. That's it. Short and sweet. Remember, callers are in a hurry. And if they're repeat customers, they're going to be calling you often. So avoid long-winded messages. 
Let's look at a model script for a larger business with an automated attendant and phone branching. Welcome to Gary Owens Design. For sales, press 1. Billing, 2. Repairs, 3. Technical support, 4. Directions and hours, 5. To repeat this menu, press 6. To speak to a live operator, press 0. So notice we used only the bare minimum of words and avoided all of the usual cliches. The first menu says, for sales, press 1. After that, we drop the words for and press, as we've already established the format of the information. And it actually sounds less robotic to drop repeated phrases. Well, that's a wrap for our best practices for voice messaging and our roundup of tips for joining a Chamber of Commerce. I hope you found this information useful and wish you much success with your Chamber membership. The Public Record Podcast is a public service of the Public Record, the Coachella Valley's Business News Weekly. I'm Managing Editor Ken Allen. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll share it with your friends and click the subscribe button with your favorite podcasting host. And please make it a point to make someone's day with something nice to say. Mm -hmm.